0: Thank you for tuning in to our Restoration Life podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the message and share it out with your friends on social media. Can't wait for you to listen in next week. Good morning, everyone. It's so good to have you. You know, I was wondering how many people were going to put God before football today. Hey! Hey, if you're at home and you're watching us, we know that you're watching us and not the gridiron. I don't have a favorite in the game anyways, but um, you know who's my favorite? Jesus. That's my favorite every single Sunday morning, and I'm so honored that you guys are here. Listen, we don't do this very often, but if it's your very first time here, can you just wave at me? Anybody here just wave at me? Hey, 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 hey. What an honor to have you with us. It's such a blessing for you to be with us today. We've got so many great things going on. You know what else I'm thankful for? I am so thankful that in prayer that the Supreme Court ruled that they can't stop us from gathering together in California to worship Jesus together in God's house. Now, we've been doing it since last July anyways. Not because we're rebellious, because we honor God. And we honor God's people before we honor men's decisions. And so I'm so grateful that all of you are watching us from home. We, we miss you guys. We love you. We can't wait to see you back here together corporately. But we just want to welcome you home too. There's so many great things going on. DNA is kicking off Tuesday. Hey, let me just say something about the Radiant Women's Conference. Um, we are hosting it here. And it's not just our church that's going to attend. It's been opened up to 30 other churches. Just so you know. And so seating is going to go fast. We just promoted it in a a, uh, leadership meeting that I was at. Pastor Max and I were at yesterday. A number of our pastors were there. And all the women around our movement are excited. And so if you haven't already registered, get your registration. All it's doing is taking care of the cost of conference because we want to be able to make this immerse conference the best women's conference that you've ever been a part of. And if you didn't know this conference isn't just for the women here at restoration life but they're also, this conference is also for the women that are part of restoration life and all the church plants and campuses that we have and so we've got people that are flying in for this and for our paramount family fellowship they're going to be coming into this as well so this place is going to get stacked it's going to be incredible we've got a lot of great announcements coming out for the new year so i'm excited to have you home anybody excited Come on, anybody excited? Also want to thank you for your generosity in in everything that we do. Your generosity does go towards fighting um, child sex trafficking. And your generosity does go to support the missions works that we have around the world. We have missionaries that are out in the field that are still doing missions work. And it's our heart's desire to make sure that we support them. And the best way that we can support them first and foremost is through prayer but secondly, we also want to support them financially because they can't do anything without being financially supported. And we've, we, we really believe in taking the gospel into all the world. That is the mission of the church. And so that's what we do together. And so today, I want to get into the word of God, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. But before we do, I just want to pray. Is that okay? I want to pray. So if you could just close your eyes, maybe bow your head. And maybe you would say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Just raise your hand right where you're at. Right where you're at right where you're at just keep your hand up so father right now in jesus name lord i just come together in agreement with your sons and daughters lord i don't know everything that's going on in their lives but you do and i know that you are the answer to their prayers not me not anybody else not the government not our society not social media not the news media not a government jesus you're the only answer You're the only answer. and So, Father, I pray right now for people that are hurting, God, that you heal them. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that people that are nervous and anxious, God, that they experience your peace upon their lives. Families that are going through turmoil and financial strain, God, that you bring peace and blessing over them, Father, because you own it all. And, Lord, if you didn't allow your the animals of this world to go hungry, and you didn't allow the grass of the fields to go without rain. God, we know that you know how to take care of your kids because you're a good, good father. And so, Lord, I pray, God, that your peace reigns in this place, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, come on, can we just thank God for just a moment and say thank you, Jesus? Thank you. Man, I'm excited The the, the song that was birthed out of our house is getting out to the churches around our movement, and people are excited to start singing it in other churches. Come on. It was birthed out of here. And what many of you you might not know is that John and Anna Morgan, man, they, they were a part of the Hillsong family for such a long time. They still are. And so Anna was, and John were actually at the Genesis at the whole Hillsong movement around the world and she was telling me this past Sunday, she says, you know what I love about your worship team? I love that they don't sound like Hillsong. No, no shooting on Hillsong. And they, like, they don't sound like Jesus culture. And they don't sound like elevation. And they don't sound like planets. She goes, you know what they sound like? They sound like restoration life. It's a very unique sound that was birthed. Listen, that's a birth, a birthing miracle out of this body of believers. And so we can't wait for track two, right? Track two, hopefully coming out by Easter. And so the team's already working hard for Easter. And I just wanna let you know right now that we are going to have to have registration for Good Friday and Easter. So we are gonna be doing two services on Good Friday at 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. And so registration's gonna open for that, not because you're paying for anything because you're not, but we just want you to RSVP your seat um, because we know that Easter weekend is massive. And so we are going to have two services on Friday night, Good Friday, and we are we are going to present the gospel in a very unique way. And then on Sunday morning, we are going to have an 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11.30 to make room for everybody. And let's say that you want to get to the early service because some of you are really your early birds, like I love getting up early. And if you're an early bird and you want to get in and and worship God and and then go back to be with your family and enjoy the day, register for the 8 a.m. service because once that packs out, you're going to have to go to the 9.30 or the 11.30. So you're going to be able to register for one of three services. But as soon as those services pack out, there's overflow that's going to be outside. So I'm just giving you a heads up right now because our church is traditionally late to everything. And we're trying to break that curse, right? And so we're doing this just to help us um, be able to serve you and your family, make sure that you've got seats. And again, all all, um, masks are in place. And listen, I'm praying, I'm praying that we're able to remove those masks as soon as possible, as soon as possible. But somebody, somebody asked me and they said, Pastor, you've already had COVID. I have already had COVID. How come we have to wear these masks? And I tell them because people don't know if you've had it or not, and there's a slim possibility that you can get it again, but let's just honor other people and make sure that they feel as comfortable as possible, so they're not freaked out when you sneeze on them, okay, so let's do this together, we're not doing it because we're afraid, because that's not the kind of church we are, we're doing it because of optics, and we want to protect everybody as best we can, is that okay, is that okay, all right, all right, let's get in the Word. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, and we've been in this series, The Promise of His Presence, and um, it's, it, it's, it's been my favorite series because there's nothing better for me than the presence of God because we understand that in God's presence there is freedom, there is liberty, there is peace, there is joy. Come on. There's empowerment, there's anointing. There's so much that happens When we come into the presence of God. And so let me just say to you right now that we have to protect the presence of God in our lives. Because I think far too often we don't take the presence of God very, very seriously. And I think we need to be more reverent over the presence of God. And I just want to share with you a portion of scripture. Now if you want to catch up and you can look back at the teachings of the last month or so. You'll find out that we taught on the Trinity We talked about the Holy Spirit. We talked about the functionality of the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is, who the Holy Spirit is. And we want to make sure that we are very reverent over his presence because we are a presence-driven church. The Bible says, if I am with you, who could be against you? He says things like, I'll never leave you or forsake you. In fact, I'm going to be in you because you're the temple that I want to reside in. I inhabit the praises of my people, and so all these things are extremely important to the Christian life. And so I just want to read a portion of Scripture to you, and then I'm going to start to unpack something that that that's going to be a little bit difficult to talk about with you. Um, but if you remember at the beginning of the year, you licensed me to be your pastor. You licensed me to speak truth and grace. And you don't have to like it. You don't even have to agree with it. But it's what God says. And it's not what Pastor Eddie says, and it's not what the church says. It's what God says. And so we're going to unpack that. And uh, I've shared this throughout the years, um, time and time again, in leadership and, and series and things of this nature. But I, I put, it was put on my heart to share this again because of the culture that we're living in today. And so the Bible says in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 19, now I told the media team that I wasn't going to give them any of my notes. I want to see how fast they could be with the scripture on the screens because we're going to level them up this morning. And so 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, the Bible says, do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the spirit. Look at somebody and say, do not quench the spirit now how do we quench the spirit well two weeks ago we talked about how not to quench the spirit but there's a lot to unpack when the bible says do not quench the spirit another portion of scripture would say do not grieve the holy spirit so can you can does is is god um can god be emotional about something absolutely the bible says that when we do things that are dishonorable to God, we grieve His Holy Spirit. How many of you have ever been grieved by a decision a loved one made? How many of you have been ever, ever been grieved by a teenager? Come on, somebody. How many of you have ever been grieved by a parent that said no to you? Oh, a lot of hands went up now. How many of you have ever been grieved like when you didn't get what you wanted when you wanted it? I think we could all be honest and say that, but one of the things that I believe grieves me more than anything, like more than anything as a pastor, as a parent, as a husband, as a father, as a son, as a brother, as an uncle, I could keep going. One of the things that grieves me the most is dishonor. Dishonor. And I want to look at how you and I are in danger of grieving the Holy Spirit when dishonor is implemented in every area of our life. You can dishonor the Father. You can dishonor the Son. You can dishonor the Holy Spirit. You can dishonor your husband. You can dishonor your wife. You can dishonor your children. Your children could dishonor you, you can dishonor your boss, you can dishonor your coworker, you can dishonor your brother or your sister in Christ, and you can dishonor people that don't even know Jesus. Did you know that? And so we're gonna talk about honor today. Is that okay? Oh, you're not ready. Or or at least you're like, uh oh. Uh-oh. Because if it's one thing that happens. If it's one thing that happens or that has been happening during this quarantine, during the pandemic, during the elections, during this culture shift, is that there is a lot of dishonor that's taking place in our society. In fact, our society is propelling dishonor. Today, we live in a society that has been groomed by our news media. It has been groomed by social media. It's even been groomed by the lies of Hollywood. Is this okay, you guys? Hollywood, even back in my day. Anybody remember Married with Children? Love and marriage. Right? It was a TV show that had nothing but dishonor in the family. And what Hollywood was really good at was making fun of how people dishonor one another and their family. And they took it to another level, like hyperbole. They went to a whole other level. But Hollywood has created TV shows and movies glorifying dishonor. And making it the normality in our culture. Comedians have created skits that teach people how to dishonor the family that God created. In fact, in Romans chapter 12, Paul the Apostle, he writes to the church in Rome. He says this in verse 9 and 10. He says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. And then he says this. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love and honor one another above yourselves. That's a different translation, but you get the gist of it. Honor one another above yourselves. In fact, one of the codes at Restoration Life has always been, we honor up, we honor down, we honor all around. We are a house of honor. Everybody tracking with me? So I wonder if, if God is sitting in glory in the heavenlies, looking down on his creation, looking down, not just on the United States, because this isn't just a United States thing. It is a Christian thing. It is a non-Christian and a Christian thing. But I wonder if God ever just looks down on his creation and he looks at the way husbands treat their wives on the way wives treat their husbands, on the way human beings treat each other, on the way nations treat nations, on the way um, people treat their children, and the way children treat their parents. And I wonder if God ever says to himself, where's the honor? Where is the honor? And and I wonder if anybody here ever really knew how important honor is to God. I don't think we understand how important honor is is to God the Father. And we're in danger, believe it or not, of quenching the Holy Spirit when we dishonor. Again, we are entertained by TV shows that show dishonor, and it's become funny. Am I I being honest? It's become funny to see somebody dishonor somebody else when it's done in a certain way. The father figure in the house has been torn down by shows that have been meant to be more comedic, but it's dishonorable at its core. I have a problem with culture trying to remove the importance of the father in the house. I have a problem with a culture dishonoring the wives in the house. Let me say this to you. I have a serious problem with a culture that dishonors a holy covenant between a man and a woman. That is God's creation. Now you don't have to like it. You don't have to agree with it. But this is God's creation. And God created us to be male and female and to live In holy matrimony, man and wife, and we have a culture that has propelled dishonor. Now, I'm not saying that people with different ways of thinking could not be loved or should not be loved. That's not what I'm saying. So hear me clearly before you quote me on Instagram the wrong way. Because too many times people take me out of context. Oh, pastor's a hater. No. I love you enough to tell you the truth. The biblical family has been torn apart and put back together by the woke generation. And it looks more like Sodom and Gomorrah than it does the kingdom of heaven. I told you. I told you. We're going to lean into truth. And then we have to process this. But before you walk out on me, hear me out. Look at somebody and tell them, give pastor a chance. Come on. <laughs> Come on. What about children? Being groomed to dishonor their mom and dad. Kids today, like if I were to talk to my mom, if I were to talk to my dad, the way that I see some kids talking to their parents today, I wouldn't just get the chancla. I would get the belt, the coat hanger, the extension cord, the switch. Come on, we got any black people in the house, right? Does anybody remember the switch? Does anybody, now I'm not talking about a switch blade. I'm talking about they make you go to a tree and pull a branch off of it and you bring it to mom and dad because that's what you're going to get it with. Now, I know some of you are like, oh, child abuse. They didn't respect mom and dad after that. Is this okay? All right. We're going to go in a little bit further because children have been groomed by our culture and our society to not just disrespect mom and dad, they disrespect law enforcement. They disrespect their teachers. They disrespect and dishonor their own family members. It blows me away. In fact, it pisses me off when I see kids honor their friends more than their parents. Oh, somebody's getting ministered to right now. Somebody's like, I wish I brought my kid today. That was a good one for my kids. My kids should have been in church. God... Speak to my children. I hope they're at home watching right now. People at home are like, ooh, turn the volume up. Turn the volume up. Get them, the, get them off of social media. Get them on the TV set right now. But I have to be honest. If I'm just being honest, and I'm just, I'm just being real. I'm just being vulnerable with you guys. If I'm just being honest with you, it bothers me when I see people tear down an American flag and trample all over it, and burn it, dishonoring. I'm not saying that our country's perfect. Our country's got problems. I I get that. But where's the honor? You can't create a culture of honor by dishonoring our nation. I'm not saying that it's perfect. I'm not even saying that this is God's nation. I'm just saying... This is the place that we live in. This is the place that we pray for. This is where we work. This is where we're doing what we do in the kingdom of God. Where's the honor? I'm sorry, but I'm like that guy that even if I'm at home watching a baseball game, a football game, a soccer game, doesn't matter. National anthem comes up. I stand on my feet, take off my hat, put it over my heart, and sing like a horse from the top of my lungs because of honor. And I'm not honoring a government. I'm honoring everybody that's laid down their life to give me the freedom that I get to enjoy. Even the freedom to trample the flag should I want to. Where's the honor? I might might be getting under your skin this morning, but I want to look at the Bible because I want to get into your soul. I want the scripture to speak loud and clear because I think that if we look at biblical honor, we'll understand something that I think we're losing. And I think we need to start protecting it. Because if we don't protect it, we're going to lose it. And then we're going to be in a lot more trouble than we are right now. So what does it mean to honor? And in Spanish, I learned it's honra, right? Para los latinos en la casa, ¿dónde está la honra? Oh, y'all didn't know I can speak Spanish. Where's the honor? First Timothy 6.1, the Bible says, slaves... Honor your masters. Now in the context for today, it's talking about, we can relate it to our bosses. Well, I don't like my boss. It's okay. You don't have to like them, but you got to honor them. First Peter 3, 7. Husbands, honor your wives. Come on, ladies. That's a good place for you guys to shout amen. Preach that, pastor. Tell it like it is. Say it again for the people in the back. Husbands honor your wives Ephesians 5:33 wives we got one valiant man in the front row all the other wives are looking at their men and going, you better not wives respect and honor your husbands Ephesians chapter 6 I can keep going all day children Honor your parents. In fact, the honor that is attached to a child honoring mom and dad comes with a promise. Long life. Long life. I told my kids from early on, you disrespect us, you're not going to live as long as you want to. Not because of God, but because of me. I'm going to get you. (laughs) I brought you in. I'm just kidding. Don't quote me out of context. Pastor kills his kids. You know, it just, it happens. (laughs) Children, honor your parents. Why? Because attached to it is a promise of long life. You know, they've done a survey on people that have lived really, 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 really long. And they've asked them, what's your secret? I honor my mom and my dad. Because honor flows both ways. We honor up. We honor God. We honor those that are in leadership. We honor those that, that not necessarily deserve it, but it's our responsibility to give it. We honor up. We honor down those that we have the pleasure of, uh, of leading and loving and directing and discipling. And then we honor all around, peers and friends and everybody around us. We are a culture of honor. Honor up, honor down, honor all around. And the opposite of honor is dishonor, which means to treat something common. Or ordinary. I'm going to help some married couples here this morning, but I do want to do some teaching before we go any further. And I'm going to talk about this next week. And so if if you forgot to bring your teenager, bring them next week. If you forgot to bring your spouse, drag them to church next week. And just tell them, we're going to talk about sex. You really want to hear this one. Malachi chapter 1, verse 6, 2 and 2. And this is for people that are not married either. Single people. Any single people in the house? Eh. Man. Any single people in the house? Yeah. I wish I wasn't, but whatever. If you learn this now, you'll be much better off when you say, I do. Because if you say I do to somebody who doesn't know how to honor, you're in trouble. Mm. Malachi 1, and we're going to read verses 6 through chapter 2, verse 2. And I want to—I just want to teach you something. We're going to go Old Testament, and then we're going to bring it to the New Testament. Verse 6 says, a son honors his father, and a slave honors his master. And this is God. So remember remember that Malachi, a prophet is speaking on behalf of God. He said, as a son honors his father and as a slave honors his master, he says, if I am a father, this is God, where is the honor due me? If I am a master, where is the respect due me? Says the Lord Almighty. And then he says, it is you priests. You could translate this into, it is you Christians. Because the Bible says that, As Christians, we are a royal priesthood. So he says, you priests who show contempt for my name, but you ask, how have we shown contempt for your name? By offering defiled food at my altar. But you ask, how have we defiled you? By saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. When you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? Now let me do just a little bit of teaching Because the wages of sin is death and the gift of God is eternal life, something has to die because of sin. In the Old Testament, what had to die was an animal sacrifice. Taking it back all the way to Adam and Eve, something had to die for there to be a covering over their lives. God did not want to destroy His creation, but God used a substitute so that His creation would not have to die. So what happens? Animals were sacrificed on the altars as an atonement for their sin. And so... What God instituted in old Hebrew law was that when you brought an animal for sacrifice, you had to bring me your best. Did you hear that? You had to bring me your best. This is God saying, you have to give me your best. I don't want the lame animal. I don't want the crippled animal. I don't want the broken animal. I want the best animal in your herd because I deserve the best from you. This is what God's saying. God's saying, I'm not going to kill you because of your sin. I'm going to look over that sin. And the blood of the animal is going to atone for your sin. And so symbolically, the wages of sin is death, animal sacrifice, dead. Right? But the gift of God is eternal life. By grace, now, you're allowed to continue to live. And so animals were a big part of this ceremony. What was having to, What was happening to the priesthood is that they would bring, they started to bring, the worst animals that were brought to the temple. Now you got to remember, people would bring from all over Jerusalem and beyond, animals to sacrifice. The priests would take a percentage of those animals to survive off of. They would, they would cook them. They would have birria, carne asada. They would, have, they would throw down. But the best of the best was reserved for the Lord. Everybody tracking with me. What these priests were doing Is that they were keeping the best for themselves. And they were sacrificing the lame animals. And so God was dishonored in that. And this is what he's saying here. He says in verse 7, by offering, they said, how have we shown contempt for your name? He says, by offering defiled food on my altar. But you ask, how have we defiled you? By saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. When you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? And then he says, try offering them to your governor. Could you imagine? We got Biden coming over for dinner. Get the most nastiest, rotten animal that we have. Cook it up and give it to him. Some of you are like, yeah, (laughs) don't do that. Honor is you give him your best because we honor and I'm gonna teach you something about honor in just a little bit because the worship team is letting me know that I have to bring this to a close right now they're trying to kick me off the platform but I won't let them <laughs> I'm just kidding they're doing what they're supposed to do but the Bible says this and this is how God responds to them he says try offering them to your governor would he be pleased with you would he accept you says the Lord Almighty now plead with God to be gracious to us with such offerings from your hands. Will he accept you? says the Lord Almighty. Verse 10. Oh, that one of you would shut the temple doors so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty, and I will accept no offering from your hands. So what is God saying? God's saying, Don't even open my church. If your sacrifice is going to be dishonorable that's what god is saying god's saying i would rather you close the doors to my temple than you to come in and bring us a sacrifice that is not worthy of who i am to you it's what god is saying to the levitical priesthood now this transitions over to the new covenant and the way that we treat or mistreat god with our lives Can I keep going? My name will be great amongst the nations from where the sun rises to where the sun sets. And every place, incense, and pure offerings will be brought to me. Because my name will be great amongst the nations, says the Lord Almighty. But you profane it by saying the Lord's table is defiable and its food is contemptible. And you say, what a burden. In other words, how dare you ask me to give you my best. That's a burden to us. But you seem to forget that I spared your life. You seem to forget that your sin should separate you from me for eternity. But because of the animal sacrifice, I've given you a way back into my presence. And here's where we mess up as human beings. Now, I've got, I want to teach more on this. But God says this to you and I today as Christians. You cannot bring in a lame sacrifice of praise and think I'm going to respond to that by giving you my presence. Because I already gave you my best. I gave you Jesus. I gave you my only begotten son. I gave you my best. What makes you think that you can give me what's left over in your life? And so you dishonor me You dishonor me by not giving me your best, but by giving me your leftovers. What's left in your heart? What's left in your life? What's left in your time? What's left in your talent? What's left in your treasure? God's saying, I don't want your leftovers. I want your best because I'm due the honor. Try to give everybody else in your life the last and see how they respond to you this is what god is saying and this is what happens chapter 2 verse 2 now you priests, this warning is for you if you do not listen if you do not resolve to honor my name says the lord almighty i will send a curse on you and i will curse your blessings yes i have already cursed them because you have not resolved to honor me so what is it that happened What's happened is that they started to just go through the motions, almost pretending to honor God. But their heart wasn't in it. You've heard me say this before. I'll say it again, and you can quote me on it. God will never bless who you pretend to be. God will bless who you authentically are in His name. You don't have to be perfect, because nobody's perfect. Look at somebody tell me, you're not perfect. Tom, it's a freebie. You're not perfect. You should be like, yeah, I know. Not, yes, I am. So what was going on? They were going through the motions. They has lost sight of how valuable God is and how to honor Him and the sacrifice He deserves. So here's the problem. Here's the problem in our relationship with the Father. And here's our problem in our relationship to one another. How do we dishonor God? Well, it starts with becoming familiar with one another. When you become familiar with one another, you start to dishonor. It's on a sliding scale. Like any married couples in the house, make some noise. All right, that's a lot better. Because if you sounded like singles, you want to be single. Don't don't, don't go there. do you remember when you first started dating? Remember? You remember. You saw each other and you were like, shoo. That's my girl. That's my man. There's nothing that you wouldn't do for one another. You know, I thank God Roxanne and I will be married 30 years this June. Man, 30 years. And can I tell you, we are more passionately in love today than we ever were. That's the grace of God. Really, I'm telling you the truth. If I'm lying, I'm dying. Grace of God. That girl is madly in love with me.
1: She's like head
0: over heels in love with me. I, I, I can't restrain her. I got to be like, honey, give me space. I got to pastor a church. Leave me alone. Do you remember a time when you were like that with your spouse? And maybe you're sitting there and you're going, we're not like that anymore. You know why? Dishonor. You became familiar. And familiarity is dangerous. But here's the good news. You want to hear some good news? It can be restored. Come on. It can be reversed by the power of God. I think I'll stop right there is this okay is this helping anybody and so God says don't quench my spirit what's the fastest way to quench the Spirit of God dishonor each other and I'm just talking about husband and wife I'm talking about every individual believer both married or single if you dishonor God With your life, you will quench the Spirit of God in your life. If you dishonor your spouse, you will start to see your marriage fragment. Listen, if you dishonor your fiancé or your boyfriend or your girlfriend, you're going to be heading down a very ugly road. If you dishonor your friends, you're not going to have a lot of friends. If you dishonor your boss or your co-workers, you're not going to have a job. We can keep going. But the fastest way to, to quench the Holy Spirit of God is dishonor God. Don't, don't give him your best. don't, don't leave, give him your leftovers. Allow God to become familiar. like I'm just going to go to church. I hope God speaks to me today. You've gotten used to the majesty and the extravagance of his presence and love. and now because you're used to it, and you're in it all the time you become familiar and you start to dishonor god oh it's not that important anymore for me to pray it's not that important for me to worship it's not that important for me to study my bible it's not that important for me to love people and honor others above myself it's not that important like 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 my friends they talk to their mom and dad like that i'll be like good go move in with your friends in my house it's a house of honor Is this helping anybody parents 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 we need to honor our children as well just because they're our children don't mean that they they deserve to be dishonored in fact the Bible says very clearly don't push your kids into anger how do we push them by jabbing at them making fun of them poking them Telling them your war stories. They're not you. Well, back in my day, ancient of days, don't dishonor your children. Don't teach them that. Teach them how to honor God. Honor God. Honor each other. And you know what? Honor the call of God on your life. We need to be shining bright in the darkness that we're living in. I just really believe that if we're not careful we can literally quench the holy spirit of god moving in and through our lives not because he doesn't love us but because we dishonor how do we dishonor we dishonor when we gossip about people let me say this gossip doesn't belong at restoration life i'll also say this gossip doesn't belong on social media if you're a family member of Restoration Life. We don't do that. Why? Because we honor God. We honor up, we honor down, we honor all around. But Pastor, they don't deserve it. Ooh, I'm going to talk about that next week. Is next week Valentine's? It is, huh? Ooh, this is going to be juicy. This is going to be juicy. But if you can bear witness with what I'm saying, would you just stand to your feet? I want to pray. And I want to bring this to a close. And I just want you to close your eyes and bow your heads if you're watching us from home. If you would do that as well, that that would honor us. But maybe as I was talking, with all heads bowed and all eyes closed in reverence to God, maybe as I was talking, you could... You can acknowledge that there are areas of your life where I got to get better at this honor thing. Raise your hand if that's you. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, flooded of hands. Why is that? Because we all deal with it. We all grow familiar. We all grow familiar. And it's not like we intend to. It's just the nature of relationship drives us to that sometimes. What I want you to know is that it could be reversed. And if you raise your hand and you want to reverse the curse, come on, raise your hand right now. So, Father, I thank you for your family. I thank you for your house. This is your bride. This is your house. This is your church. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless and minister to and reverse what the enemy has tried to do in all of our families, in all of our relationships, at our jobs, in our in our marriages, and in with our coworkers and our bosses, and with our moms and our dads and with our children and our family and friends, God, we want to reverse this thing. We don't want to be a house of dishonor. We want to honor you because we don't want to quench your Holy Spirit in our lives. We want to see you move in a powerful way. We want, we want to see you have your way. In all of our lives, we want you to bring healing, and restoration to the areas of our life where dishonor has been prevalent. But God, we know that you're a God of goodness. You're a God of grace. You're a God of mercy. And so, Lord, I just pray, God, help us to restore honor. Help us to be mindful over the things that we say. Help us to be mindful over the way that we say them. And God, with our hearts, we will honor you. With our lips, we will praise and honor you. And with our lives, we will love you and honor you and love those that you've blessed us with in our lives. And to you and you alone, be all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, come on.